Hey guys, this is Joe Costello from Hidden Horsepower. Just wanted to let you know about the next Engine Performance Expo. We're talking about January 13th and 14th. We're going to be live streaming the entire event on YouTube. That's right. No more sign in or register or any of that. Just go to YouTube and you can do it right now and search Engine Performance Expo. Subscribe, click the bell for notifications, and then when we go live January 13th and 14th, you won't miss a second. We're going to have some of the best engine builders in the world all there talking about the ins and outs of engine building and high performance. In the meantime, we're just days away. Let's kick it back out to an interview we were able to do with Mr. Tim Wilkerson. The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Joining us now on another live edition of Hidden Horsepower, he won the Dodge SRT US Nationals in the NHRA Nitro Funny Car category. He's also a great character. He's got Wilkes Warriors. A ton of fans out there, Mr. Tim Wilkerson. And Lake Speed is back. You were at the track not long ago. Yes. You actually shaved. We yes. heard you were coming in on shaving. Yeah. What happened? Well, I, I, yeah, I called and asked. I said, is this going to be a good looking as Mr. Costello? Right. Well, no, matter what I, <laughs> no matter what I do. So I'll shave and do my best. Well, I got to say, it looks great. Thank you, looks, buddy. Looks Appreciate great. it. So this year has been, I think, uh, if, if someone in your position, a veteran of the sport, can have like another breakout, yeah. like a re-breakout year, you had spent... He had been like to nine straight final rounds, run yeah. it up, but you broke through. Yeah, finally did. I mean, we used to be a, a, a shoe-in in the finals. I had a great finals record until the last few years, and it went to hell in a handbasket, unfortunately, as my grandma would say. So, uh, but uh, went in Indy and then went on to win Charlotte. That was pretty cool and had a good car the last couple of races, just really found the wrong person to race. Well, first round, it was just a brutal Wasn't run. You and J.R. Todd, and I think I owe you apology because I think I might have gotten him mad and made, made some of that up. That was fun, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a sentimental little guy. you got to be careful with him. You shouldn't say little. Well, he, he's, he's the same size as me. Christ, he weighs 140 pounds sopping wet, yeah, maybe. But, but no, maybe. He, we had you know, this, I mean, he's a little bitty guy. At Texas Motorplex, we had a moment. It was yeah. kind of cool. Sat down and we're it talking. It was fun, yeah. But he got amped up for Yeah, it. he did. He was like... He was getting all mad, so I, I, I sat him down. But you see me get down there and yes, said, I said, come yes. on, sit down here and we'll, let's love, let's show some friendship. You yes. know what I mean? But no, and he's then a, he goes out there and just, yeah, what yeah, a run. What a low ET of the weekend against me. So, but that's Well, I mean, it, I lost by five thousandths of a second. Oh. At 331 miles an hour, we were that far apart. That's so brutal. it was really a cool race. But, uh, and then the next round, they smoked the tires. I went over and told them, I said, really? Yeah. I mean, after you do that to me, you flog me and then you smoke the tires two <laughs> runs in a row. At least I wouldn't have done that. I guarantee you, folks, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if I'd have been in the next round. So anyway, you get down the racetrack, don't you? they've already been reprimanded. So we're, okay. gonna, we're over that. Well, good, good, yeah, good. Now, yeah, but but this year though, as a single car team and uh, what we you know, an owner operator, yeah, if you will, you. you do you do it all yourself for the yeah, most I got, part. I got a lot of hats, no doubt. about But that's that. unheard of these days. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably a prima donna, no doubt about that. But uh, I, you know, we look at look to people to hire. I, you know, I was listening to your other podcasts about. You know, because I own an engine mach- uh, repair shop also, right? I'm a, a big machine shop back in Illinois, and, and we have the same problems that everyone does. But, uh, you know, to hire somebody that I can afford that does a better job than me, I can't. I don't have anybody. So, uh, and unfortunately for me, I, I have to live within my means. And that's how we end up doing what we're doing. But, you know, I have Richard Hartman. He's kind of the uh, team leader out there for me. And, and um, you know, I feel that we really take care of the important parts of our car. The car runs on power and clutch. So I got good guys working on the clutch and, and 
Richard takes care of the superchargers. Him and I got a real good thought process on how we like to do things. And and then when we get out to the, to the racetrack, the same way, he, he'll call back to me and talk to me about what he feels and what he sees. And then I'll make a decision on what I'm going to do. A lot of times we change it sitting right in the car. So I changed it right before first round against JR. In fact, I it got hot and I watched it. I watched Blake in front of me smoke the tires and I got on the radio and I said, Richard, damn, slow this thing down a little bit. And then, then JR went out and whooped me. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have slowed it down, right? right. Or but, maybe you'd have blown them off. Or maybe it would have blown them off. Yeah, yes, you don't, right. I mean, you, know. you can second, that's the worst thing about our sport. You can second guess yourself. It's, I call it the, uh, the, uh, the walk back to the pit area crew chief. That guy knows everything. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's never made a he's never made a mistake. It's ridiculous how smart that guy is. So and that's you, the drag racing equivalent of the Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, walk back crew chief. Yeah, okay. you, you're walking back the pitter. You know what we should have done, Mike? Well, hell yeah, that's pretty easy <laughs> yeah, to say yeah, now, yeah. Yeah. right? But anyway, no, thank you very much. We've had a great season, and and we've always got a pretty good car. It's just that you know sometimes you, it doesn't ebb and flow like you want. And uh, qualifying's a lot of it. I just didn't qualify good enough last weekend. If I'd have qualified a little better, but. Looked at the, you know, when it, we smoked the tires the first qualifier and then second run, I said, well, I don't want to go into Saturday unqualified. So I drug it back a little bit and went 93 at 327, ended up like seventh or something like that. And then GR went a little faster than us. So we ended up eighth and I ended up ninth. So anyway the rest but is you, you can win from eighth i want to win any from eighth oh, yeah. so right no it's been a, it's been a good year the playoffs gonna yep. be kind of a, a challenge yeah. there but you want to you want to you know wreck some shop for some other folks oh out yeah there. no i'm still uh we're we're uh, dedicated into winning the last three races trust me we really are and, and i think we can we got a good car and if i can do my job and uh, everything will be good i tell you know listening to you again about employees and how the bring people into our sport and bring people into machine shops and auto repair shops because i have one of those also the same kind of thing i tell all the kids that work for me make me the problem i need to be the problem not you this is how i want it done really simple don't make a mistake then it's always my fault i'm either tuning it wrong or driving it wrong in our race car right same way in our shop teach all them kids how i want it to do and then i don't have to hear well of course this is how we did it this is a chumacher this is how we did it and jim hids this is how we did it a clutter i don't care how them guys do it this is how I want it done. The Wilkerson way. It's, well, I don't know whether it's right or not, but like I say, then they're never wrong, right? They're, if if they you do it the way I want to do it, like, then it's not it's not It's, your it's fault. on you, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I say always make me the problem. That so. that makes sense. Yes, uh, let, let me ask you, and then I'm sure Lake will jump in with a couple of things. But uh, you know, the Nitro Funny Car, the beast that is the eleven thousand horsepower Nitro yeah. Funny Car, right? At, at one point, you know, just going down the racetrack is in in many ways like a little miracle. That it even yeah. that it even goes down the track, yeah, and, and people watch them and they're thrilling. Oh yeah, they're like, oh wow, they're so fast, zero to a hundred miles an hour in eight tenths of a second. Yeah. Wow, so amazing. But the competition right now, yeah, it was... would you ever have dreamed it would be as close and compact and tight as as it is right now? No, not really. I mean, we and basically that's NHRA's fault, in my opinion. That's their they they squashed the rules into so where there's not a lot of not a lot of R&D anymore, right? So now we're, we've all caught up to what this guy mm -hmm. did and this guy did and this guy did. So we're all, we're in a pretty good group. So now we're, now we're tinkering. I mean, it's a tinkerer's guy now, in my opinion. Like Pro Stock. Yeah. I mean, That's what I'm thinking. This is Pro Stock with Nitro yeah, now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, only they're cool. They're not, they're not, like, they're not like Pro Stock cars. So, burn. Anyhow. Warren's pre, on his pre, way back pre, now. Oh, shot on Warren. Yeah, oh, exactly. I had, oh, I had so much fun with I used to tell Warren. Can I tell my Warren story? Or yes. Not? Yes, please. Yes. Go right ahead. Yeah. Back when they were killing, when they were trying to kill Pro Stock truck. And I like Pro Stock truck. And and I told, I, you know, Warren was, he was adamant. Oh, this is Pro Stock truck. I said, Warren, you know what you need to do? And you, well, what do we need to do? I said, you need to put a big motor in those pro stock trucks, like a big mountain motor, 700-inch motor. Really? I said, yeah. 
get a flatbed trailer, you could put your car on the back of the trailer, you could put the bike in the back of the truck, and you run all that junk at the same time. <laughs> you dirty, you dirty SOB. You dirty. I mean, then you, then, then you right. get to the natural cars where people want to see, you know, and he's like, oh. All right, so he's never forgive me for that. Wow. But it was fun to beat that him would, up anyway. That would be you know, exciting. I think say. about it. Your, your truck and the, the bike and the car, you run them all at the same time. I am a fan of pro stock. Yep. I am not offended by what you said. I love pro stock, but I get what you're saying. I just, Yo, we yeah. got to tell him what he said, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Ahead, Next they, year, yesterday, he yep. said, well, oh, you, you know what nitro superchargers are for? Oh, yeah. Guys who can't build engines. Yeah, guys who can't build motors, right? Yeah, yep. Oh yeah, now, there's no doubt about it. We're not looking for five horsepower. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I piss away more horsepower out my clutch than, than the Warren Johnson's motors make. So I don't really. Probably need truth it. in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The supercharger takes half that. Yeah, it blows right out the back of the bell housing. Drop some stats. Drop some stats on some folks out there. We got a lot of engine guys uninitiated, even oh. even NASCAR guys. You know, we like you know one cylinder of a nitro engine is more than a cup car makes. And yeah, it's and, but the, you know. To turn the supercharger. Yeah, we don't. We don't really. I don't know that we know. I mean, it's probably seven or eight hundred horsepower to change it to turn that thing, right? I mean, it's tough. And, and the faster you run it, the harder it is to turn. So we're we're very fortunate that our motors stay together. In reality, Warren is right on one hand that them things are just a they're just a rolling bomb. You put enough you put enough volume of nitro in them to make them so dangerous that they if they misfire they blow up, right? So. It's a bad deal. It's, it's not, they're not quite as cool as post-stock motors. There's no doubt about that. You're keeping Jeff busy, though. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. you're, you're well, keeping Jeff busy. We're, we're very I – mean, we knock on wood. I've lost one motor in the a year in the last two years. And, and that they were not due to any mechanical problems that I created. They were just bad luck. Mm. And all valve train stuff. Yep. And, you know, I'm not going to name names, but it was just bad luck. You right. know, stuff happens. Yeah. You, I mean, that thing goes from 2,500 to 8,500 in a quarter of a second. And the, so the valve train goes. Well, think about that. Let's, yeah. let's be specific to the valve train. Yeah. A lot of people may not know that your roller lifters don't have one axle on them. Yeah, no. There's actually two. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're beat up. They're, well, now, see, I don't run that brand, so okay. you, can't, you, can't, right. you can't beat me up for a Morel right, lifter. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but that was an innovation, right? Yeah. Say, we, no, there, cool. There's so much cylinder pressure. Yeah, that's where I was trying to go, right? Yeah, you Coyle so came up much, with that years ago. Yeah. You know, Coyle you, looked at that lifter and went, well, if that thing had another one to keep this one from flexing, that would be really cool. Right. Well, we've since then just made the you know the axles bigger and the bearing bigger and right. more surface area, so it slows down the speed of the roller. Da 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 da. It makes it a lot better. Right. So, but yeah, we knock on wood, we're really good with lifters. But again, that's all in learning how mechanical things work, and it all comes from regular aspirated engines. In right. reality, and Fred Mandolini has taught me more about engines than anybody I've ever known, and um, and he's. He's just quite the innovator, but he's from Chicago, so I can't say anything that he says on TV. It's a good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, right. the words come out wrong. Yes. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, I learned a lot about valve train and cylinder pressure and why things happen and how they go right and how they go wrong. And, mm -hmm. and, and I can see that. Like, we changed camshafts for this year. I started buying cylinder heads from John Force Racing last year, and his heads are a little different. They're, right. they're a little different than what we had before. So we changed camshaft locations and how we chain it, where we put it in immediately. I see lifter problems and camshaft problems immediately. Yep. With a two degree change in, in overlap and mm -hmm. camshaft installation, which right. sounds ridiculous. Right. To me, I'm like, two degrees? That should who, be nothing. Who cares? Right. right? Well, I, I run over top of the Magic Mountain. Yep. I'm on the wrong side exactly, of it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's. You didn't, you didn't know you were two degrees away from yeah. failure. Well, I did know because Mandolini told me that. <laughs> uh, you just didn't believe him. <laughs> but, well, I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. never do this. Okay. Well, you know, the more we do it, the longer we do it. I mean, we run little, like in 08 when I was doing so well, 
Fred, Fred came up with a camshaft and had another guy that will look, looked at cylinder heads for us. And back then, nobody was looking at cylinder heads, right? So we had some cylinder, work, cylinder head work done that was spectacular. That's why my car was so fast. That and, and uh, a, a great guy by the name of Les Davenport, who's very, very smart. Yes. And uh, he, he pulled me aside one day and he goes, Wilkerson, I hate fuel guys, but I, but I love you. And if you want help, I'll help you. And, and he really, he took my program from here to here. I, I'm so been so fortunate to be surrounded by all these smart people that were nice enough to keep me from looking like an idiot. And and but you listen to them. Hey, right. Lake, this is what you told me, right? Like, okay, I put that in my pocket. Fred, this is what you told me. Okay, I put that in my pocket. That's it. Davenport tells me, okay, I put that in my pocket. So it's pretty interesting, though. Really, very exciting for me because I'm, I mean I'm not that smart. I've just been lucky to be surrounded by smart people and try to apply it without getting out of my range of thought process. But a leader, uh, a leader and able to motivate. And I I pride myself on my my people there. Ever since I've started my business, I got two kids that work for me in my gas stations in 1982 that still work for me. That's impressive. Yeah, still do. They still, they've been with me for 30 some years. So great kids and still work hard and and, uh, just can't can't complain about them at all. But I've been lucky with that, you know, Richard Hartman, you know, Rich Schindel owns a little business that he sells a ton of parts out here in our industry. And uh, just a lot of people like that. Very lucky. Yeah. It's it's amazing. You're, you're saying about that team, though, of people. Oh. The, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm in the same way. Yeah. I'm, people say, oh, you're so smart. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm from Mississippi. I ain't smart. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, you know where the crawdad hole are. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. But I've been fortunate to be around people like Billy Godbold and Scooter and yeah. Kazi and yourself. Right, yeah. It is, and you do. Yeah. You, you take away. You need to be thinking. Yep. Take away those little nuggets. Yeah. I mean, that's what John was talking about the other day. Come up here and said, you know, yep. I, I got to make sure I give somebody some kind of nugget out of this thing. Right. Because otherwise, what, what am I watching? What am I investing my time for? Right, right. Yeah, I need to give back. And it's it, that exchange. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, you know, it, it, it is neat to, to, to see what you guys have achieved. I remember years ago, someone saying that Sonny Bryant had done the calculations and said, these things gotta be making about 10,000 horsepower. Yeah. If we take a brand new crankshaft, put it in the engine, we measure it before. Yeah. Send it down the track at Pomona, pull it back out and remeasure it. The amount of force that it would take to move that. To bend it like it does. Yeah. Right. That's gotta be about 10,000 horsepower. Then the AVL guys came out with those sensors. Mm-hmm. And remember, you know, racing new technology, they had a magazine article about it. Yep. And was it 11,000 they got yeah, it tuned up to once? Yeah, a ton, it's got a ton of torque too. Yeah, cool. That's, that's I mean, some crazy stuff about that. Yeah. Yeah, craziness. Yeah, well, I was I was at dinner with Mandolini and Sonny Bryant one day and he was just beating Sonny Bryant into the ground about his crankshafts that they were made out of old Toyotas or something because they, <laughs> they were breaking so quickly. I'll never get that as long as I live. He's like, Sonny, what, can you make these things out of old Chevrolets or something that won't break so easy? So we had, a, we had a great time with that. But I bet. Yeah, Sonny was, he, I tell you what, he's a serious loss to our industry. Oh, that's, What a tremendous, no, no, tremendous yeah, guy right. that was. And uh, like I said, and this is another person that I've never thought about him. I just, the other, yesterday I talked to John Partridge from Bullet Cams. Yes. Same way. Him and Mandolini were, John had called me about it, something we were working on. And I said, hey, I need this and I need that. And I just talked to your buddy Fred and we're fighting over a camshaft. And, but again, mm-hmm. I listened to them guys and, oh. and, and, Put that in my bank, yep. you know, because, boy, it might be tomorrow or it might be next year. I'll see a problem. And I'll go remember that so-and-so mm-hmm. said X, Y, Z about that problem. Right. And, and it may not ever apply to my race car, but a lot of times it does. Yeah. And John's a guy that's been there and done. Oh, that. man, John's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's a he's a, what a what a great person to have on your on your team. Oh, you he know, is. Because he's he just 
so smart and he's seen it all. Right. And that's, them the, that's what I like about the old guys. And that's what's going to be sad in years to come. The old guys that we need the kids to, to come in and, and listen to them old guys like you were talking about because, man, they've seen it all. Well, that was one of the most fortunate things for me. Yeah, you especially. You're a right? good example of that. that, that yeah. if, if it hadn't been for guys like Mike Mucha and, and Jerry Rudder, who worked for Lubrizol, mm -hmm. that they had a company-wide program because they saw this coming. Yeah. They're, man, we know through technology advances in the 70s and 80s, we didn't need all these people anymore. Yeah. But then they realized, well, the only people that knew anything. Yeah, well, the people who didn't think we knew. Or we're, we're about like, to leave. Yeah. And they're right. like, well, yeah. we got to have this mentorship program. Yeah. So that's where I learned a lot of about, about oil was yeah. those guys being able to be part of their mentorship program and taking their class and those guys telling you things and showing me, they gave us the way. Right. Then we were able to take that knowledge and then back to what Chuck and Steve were talking about, apply it. Right. Because when I was able to take what those guys had told me, then go out to Ronnie Shaver's dyno and start flogging on motors, then it, oh, baby, then it, then it became real fun. Was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. See, that's what I mean. I really enjoy that kind of stuff too. I know what you're saying. Well, it's put it put. You got to take that knowledge and put it into action. And obviously, you guys are doing that because you're going down the track really fast. Yeah, days. yeah, we're we're fortunate with that. Well, you know, three eighties and a thousand feet. But what what I found to be interesting is uh, Steve just dropped a, a stat on me a little while ago. I I didn't know you were not ninety racer back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, so yep. give give us that uh, that arc like Wilkerson. Like cars got involved in drag racing like yeah. before Nitro. Like what was going on? How did born, that happen? Yeah, born in the greatest era of the world. You know, I, I my brother-in-law is ten years older than me. I was I'm sixty-one, so he was he had a sixty-something Chevrolet, and we'd cruise the strip and whistle the girls and fell in love with cars. Right? I mean, coolest thing in the world. So um, as soon as I was able to, I was actually in, in school getting a civil engineering degree and working at a gas station and had a little bracket car and having a ball and and that's from there on i don't know running into cars right cars were my Kept life going faster and faster yeah you couldn't did. stand it any longer right <laughs> you've been there oh yeah you just couldn't Gotta stand it any longer so we really enjoyed that part of life and and uh, had a bracket car for eight or ten years and could never beat any of those guys they were just spectacular so you know losing by thousands of a second all the time i was got irritated with that and so sure. decided I was going to go, you know, 890, 990, racing and did that for a few years and then decided to get an alcohol funny car. And after that, I went, uh, I, I drove a, a nitro car in 95 and I'll never forget. I called home and my wife said, I knew when you called me that we were in trouble because it sounded like you won the lottery every time you called. You were so excited. <laughs> wow. And I said, well, I, I didn't I didn't really know what was so cool about a nitro car. I knew watching them that I fell in love with them. Right. But after I drove one, I thought, I don't know what, there's nothing cooler than that. You had nothing. So if I, that, I get to do that, fine. If I don't, I can say I did it. So. No, I, I, I can totally relate to that. Because, you know, so, you know, to my dad, yep. 20 years in NASCAR, right. he retired and it was, it was tough to retire. Sure, yeah. And he did some work for some teams and all that. And, He's kind of just struggling a little bit. Figure, what, what do I do now? Find a home, yeah. Right. Well, then one of his buddies called him up and said, hey, listen, we're having this go-kart race in Quincy, Illinois. Mm -hmm. It's a vintage race. We, we want you to come up and, and Those uh, are cool. be, be, be part of the thing. We want to, you know, kind of a Hall of Fame thing. We want to yeah. acknowledge the fact that you're only American world champion. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, he's got him and Han. The guy said, when we are running, Rate carts, so you can come drive one of the carts if you want to. He said, "Hmm." He said, "Terry's not going to have his uh, Terry's the, the the owner's track owner's son, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Terry Schrader." And he said, 
Terry's not going to have his C Oakland car. That's a twin engine. Yeah, they were cool. Twin 135 on methanol. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot rod go kart, right? Said, Terry's going to have his C Oakland car? Said, yeah. Can I drive it? <laughs> there you if, go. If you come, you can drive it. That's cool. He came up with the whole thing. And my stepmom said, I knew the moment he got off the cart. Yeah. Look on his face. Yeah. Because we took that back part of the shop, which was the old engine shop, mm -hmm. which was just stuff in there. It's totally gutted. It's a go-kart shop. We got go-kart engine dynos and everything. <laughs> he, he found that love, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, I loved those things when I was a kid. Yep. I still love them. If I can still drive them, I'm yep. going to drive them. So yeah. I don't blame you a second, right? That's it, cool. The, I remember the first time I went down the racetrack in a two-stroke. Two you know, I started racing in go-karts. Yep. Four-cycle Briggs. That first time you get a two-cycle? Yeah. Oh, buddy, it's like, this is a whole new ballgame. Yeah. I, I'm in. So I, that, 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 the feel for speed. Now, I mean, the thing is, so, I mean, I think funny cars are the coolest things in drag racing. I mean, I, I love Matt. Yep. Shock racing is cool. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I do love actualization. Yep. But I remember going to Jackson International Raceway in Mississippi. I had to have been maybe six or seven years old. Had night qualifying, looking at funny cars. Yeah. And back then, I thought Snake and Mongoose were the coolest oh, thing yeah, on who the didn't, planet. I mean, right? that was awesome. Yep. I mean, to meet Ed Pink was like the pinnacle of my life. I'm like, this is the guy that built those engines. Yeah. How cool is that? That's cool. Like, he knows my name. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. amazing. No, I don't disagree with you. Well, who did who who did you look up to at that time? Well, I was the same way. Um, you know, Force was nobody then. He was just a bum blowing up cars. You know what I mean? And he'll tell you that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, he was. I was a leaker. Yeah, yeah he was. So, I mean, I, I was always partial to Kenny. I mean, Bernst yeah. Bernstein was, uh, uh, and and I don't know if it's just, you know, I had five gas stations at one time and I decided that I couldn't do the right thing until I went and got an accounting program done. So I went and got an accounting degree so that I could understand why I was doing what I was doing and the money I was taking in and where it was going, and how it was being distributed and blah, 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 and the margins and all that stuff. And that's what I always thought was cool about Kenny is he didn't come into that sport going, well, I'm going to be a race car driver. He was going to be right. a winning race car driver that made money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right, right, yeah. right. Um, oh, exactly. I mean, I'll never forget in, in 1995 or six that we were at the NHRA banquet and a guy from Budweiser stood up there and said, we invested a hundred million dollars in NHRA drag racing in the last 10 years. And I said, that Kenny Bernstein is my hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and it wasn't just for Kenny, of course, because they had right. the big bud shootout right. and they had of all course. kinds of oh, other yeah. crap they did. But I thought that was really cool. And through the years, I was fortunate enough to become friends with Kenny and and a, just a just a terrific businessman. And when he put his helmet on, it, that went away. Yeah, you're dead serious. Oh right? my God! Yeah, I was. I mean, he when he come back in the funny car there, and I raced him a couple of times. He never could beat me, but shit, he had a sixty light to my eighty every time we stepped on the gas, and the guy's fifteen years older than me. Hey, you're taking the hell out of me. <laughs> but you know, it was just fun to fun to see him. But I, he was kind of the guy that I looked up to. Besides Snake and Mongoose, I I watched him, Snake, Hoover. Hoffman and somebody else at, at a race one time, uh, there was four of them running, and I was, I was hooked then. That was it. Whatever I had to do to be a funny car racer. That's, uh, well, Go that, ahead. that makes sense. Well, no, you it just, uh, it, it occurs to me that you, you know, getting, as you're becoming civil engineer, 
you went and got an accounting degree. Like, yeah. I need to know this. Let me go get an accounting degree, right? Well, I, like, I, you know, just, I mean, it ain't a great degree, but it's an, I got to, you got to know the pluses and minuses, right? The debits and credits, that's all that makes any differences. That, but that, <laughs> yes, is, that is the essence of what we've been learning and talking about this entire conference, which yeah. is that, you know, you, you need to invest yourself and find out the why. Behind the what? Uh, behind yeah. the what? Yeah, boy, kids, you, that's exactly true. You never stop learning, ever. Bingo. That's what you're, that's what you're going to find out about this. You know, I'd listen to you and Steve talk about, you know, getting a kid in, as, a, uh, as a startup guy in a machine shop. Well, I have a machine shop, you know, and when a startup guy is always a great guy to have. We actually got a couple of kids out of some tech schools, and they did really, really well. And they worked for me for a couple of years, went on their race car team, and hell, one of them went to an IndyCar team and another one to a NASCAR team. Yep. So I keep losing them. So that aggravates me. Yeah. But they are doing what we're telling them. We're they're continuing their learning and figuring out their passions. So well, I'm, I'm proud of them for that. So I want to give a shout out to my wife. That was my wife homeschooled all four of our kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're all through school, all, all through in college or whatever now. Yeah. And what we always focused on was, hey, you have to learn how to learn. Yeah. It's, it's it's hard. Just memorizing <laughs> yeah. something is yeah. one thing but learning how to learn because you need to be able to continue to educate yourself. Yeah. You, I didn't learn everything I needed. I learned about oil in college or, oh, God, or in high no. school. No, I had to learn it. And you have to keep learning yeah. and you keep, keep applying. And that's one of the great things about you know having like AERA and these kind of resources. I mean, you can learn a whole lot if you just go to places and just listen. Yeah, sure. No, no doubt about it. That, that's what the cool part about being on a race car team. You know, I just seen a new kid on Matt Hagen's team over the weekend. I said, hey, kid, are you going to work here next year? Well, I sure hope so. I said, well, I hope you do too, but if you don't, come see me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, before we uh, move over to the big round table, uh, just got to get your opinion on the big news, Tony Stewart drag racing. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Well, I, I think that's spectacular for our sport. Icon of drag racing, or of circle drag racing, heads into drag racing, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I don't know what could be cooler. We, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we need. Uh, I run into him somewhere. And I never met the guy before in my life. I mean, it was one of the races, last few races, might have been right after Charlotte or in St. Louis, and just seems like he's going to be great for our sport because he's a great guy. I mean, we talked, and he he could talk your ear off. I was I was happy about that part of it. I I could, like I say, you see those guys, and they're kind of on a to me, they're on a different level than I am because yeah. you know they're they're very famous yeah, right? yeah, they're, called, yeah, yeah they're very put, famous put it out yes right, right yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you say the name Tony Stewart everybody knows who that is but I'll run into somebody at the at the airport and, the, and I'll tell them what I do and they'll go what's your name <laughs> and I'll say I reached so down force so, so what's oh that about? guy okay yeah, that, yeah. the guy that talks all the time I'm like that guy yeah, that's yeah, him yeah I think that's why he wants I think that's why he wants to be here though yeah I think you know I'm just projecting my opinion but I think that He's had enough of that. Yeah. And he wants to come somewhere where he can just be a racer. Yeah. And just Ooh. race. That's and, who he is. And, and, and oh, he's look, a darn look, good racer. Yeah. And look at you and, and the way you, you know, there are fans. Yep. But they let you work. Yeah. And they appreciate it. And like, no, there he is. So. There's Will. Okay, good luck, Wilk. And, yep. and that's it. That's the thing that uh, draws me to drag racing. Yeah. Is it's just... It is what it is. Well, yeah. We were putting a motor in the car at Indy between rounds and Bruno come by there and he's like, holy, what the heck are you doing? Well, everybody was busy. I'm, carrying, yeah. I'm, I'm carrying a motor and setting it in the frame rail, you know. So and that's the kind of guy Tony is. You go up yeah. to Eldora, he'll yep. be driving the sheep foot around. Yeah, he, he's not above anything. He's yep. a racer's yep. racer. Yeah, and I think he's going to be great fit for an HRA. Yeah. This is going to be fun to watch. I hope so. Yeah, welcome, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, this hidden horsepower is a throwback to the Engine Performance Expo to remind you. 
that the 2023 Engine Performance Expo will be January 13th and 14th. Go to YouTube, type in Engine Performance Expo, subscribe, click the bell. You'll never miss a second. People are signing on as we speak. It is going to be great. And Hidden Horsepower, the next couple of weeks, we're going to have great guests from the Engine Performance Expo to give you a taste of what it's all about. And if you love Hidden Horsepower, write us a review. Give us five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. And remember, always make Total Seal your first call, not your last call. I'm Joe Costello, and we'll see you next time on Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal.